0: Welcome to the Chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode number 98 of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Shane Half, and you can follow me on Twitter at halfandhalf_tpl. underscore TPL. Today, we're going to be breaking down the top eight running backs in the 2023 NFL Draft. This episode also aired on BGN Radio, so if you've already listened to it there, it's the same episode, so don't feel like you have to listen to it here, but we do appreciate your downloads. So without any further ado, let's throw it to that show. From the field to the film room to the war room. We've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am joined tonight by Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Check out his podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, are you as excited as I am to break down this running back class tonight?
1: I am, man. Uh, I, I think the top of the running back class is really intriguing. Uh, There's a lot of running back by committee kind of dudes later on in this group, but a lot of really strong fits for the Philadelphia Eagles for sure.
0: All right. And I'm also joined by my co-host on chalk talk. It is Mark Henry jr. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry jr. Underscore. You can check out his Saturday radio show, the tough cover radio show. Mark, are you ready to talk running backs?
2: Yeah, I'm pumped. We were just talking about it. Uh, Generally, me and Shane have a lot of jokes that run on Chalk Talk about not investing in running back, not drafting running backs, not paying running backs, all everything that revolves around that. And I genuinely do believe in, the, in what we're preaching there generally. But last year, my RB1 didn't clock in until number 86 overhaul on my rankings, as we just discussed off air. This year, I've got three running backs in my top 30. So I clearly am very, very high, at least on the top of this running back class. So there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna rank our top eight running backs. Why eight? Because we wanted to talk about more than five, but we didn't want to get all the way to 10. So we just split the difference here. Uh, So we're gonna talk about our top eight, we might shout out a few honorable mentions, but I think we're gonna get most everyone in the top eight. Like last week with offensive line, we're gonna go one to eight. Uh, So we're going to work from top to bottom and we'll basically open the floor up to whoever has a guy ranked highest uh, to do the bulk of the talking about that guy. So we're going to start off with the guy who is our universal number one. It is Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Uh, I'm going to take the floor first on Robinson. He's a five-star recruit, uh, the top running back in his class, and he was the 15th overall player in his class in 2022, he won the Doak Walker Award, and he was a consensus All-American. He finished fourth in career rushing yards at the University of Texas. That's 5'11", 215 pounds, just over 21 years old. Uh, he ran a 4'48", 40 at the Combine, had a 9.81 relative athletic score, which if you're unfamiliar with relative athletic scores, I will reference those at every position show the rest of the way. So let me just pause and tell you what that is. Uh, you can go check it out online, just Google relative athletic score. I don't remember the link, but there's a guy on Twitter at Math Bomb. Uh, he basically takes all the combine data and he standardizes this into a zero to 10 scale by position. It takes into account all the drills, their size, everything. And so, you know, for example, uh, a 240-pound guy running a 4440 is much more impressive than a 190-pound guy running a 4440. And so 10 would be the most athletic player at that position ever. Zero would be terrible. Five is basically an average athlete. And so he's a 9.81 on that scale. Blow, off the charts athleticism. Uh, in 2022, he had 1,580 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, 18 touchdowns. He also had 19 receptions for 314 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He hit 100 yards in nine of his final 10 games. And he led the country with 104 missed tackles forced. Uh, his 39% missed or forced missed tackle rate per pff is tied for the best in a season since 2014 so uh, he's legit you talk about his strengths uh, he has elite balance and body control like you watch him on tape he is rarely squared up and hit hard by defenders it just doesn't happen they're lunging at where he used to be and he's just not there anymore uh, he, he's very patient behind the line of scrimmage and I think he's got excellent vision to hit the holes when they open up. He has top-end lateral agility, as we sort of saw on display at the combine. I thought he's a really good pass catcher as well and a good pass protector. So there's not really those holes in his game. He, he's going to be a three-down back for somebody. I think he fits really into any NFL scheme. He's not scheme restricted. Uh, weaknesses, you know, he doesn't have for all his athleticism. He doesn't have like top-end elite speed. Four-four-eight is good. You know, he's not out here running in the low 44s four and the high 43s. Um and he doesn't really love to lower his shoulder in short yardage situations. He, he would rather make guys miss. There's also some concerns about longevity. He's had back, elbow, shoulder, and neck injuries in college. He also had 6 fumbles in 539 carries in college. So fumbles are largely luck-based, but when they start to stack up like that, it can be something you become concerned about. Uh, overall, though, Bajan Robinson is pretty easily my running back one in the class. I love this guy. Uh, he's going to be an immediate contributor for somebody. Uh, Dibes, you chime in here. What did I miss on Bajan Robinson? Uh, what else do you want to say about this guy?
1: No, I think you absolutely crushed it. He, he's a, a versatile weapon man that checks off a lot of boxes. Argu- arguably the most complete running back since Saquon Barkley in the 2018 draft. Uh, he's a game changer as a runner. But he's also a game changer as a receiver, man. He's got some of the best hands in the class, period. Uh, he had also on the ground over a thousand yards last year after contact, which ranked fourth best in the country. Uh, and as a receiver, he had zero drops in twenty twenty-two. Uh, like you said, Shane, the only kind of concern was his lack of top end speed. He shattered all those silenced all those concerns at uh the combine last weekend. So B. John Robinson is a terrific prospect, top to bottom.
0: All right, Mark, what are your what's your thoughts on Robinson?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the comp is pretty obvious, and Dibes kind of alluded to it there. It's everyone's going to throw around Saquon, and everyone's going to measure him to Saquon. And I think what Dibes said, I don't even think it's very arguable. I think it's pretty set in stone that he is the best running back prospect since Saquon, and the argument is, is he better? I think no. Uh, you, you you take a look at some of the stuff. Saquon ran a 4-4 just slightly faster. And the thing that Dibes mentioned about him as a receiver is true. On tape, he flashes very well as a receiver, and, and it's something that it looks like he probably should have been asked to do more. And maybe that's part of why Texas hasn't been as good as they should have been with, with a guy like B. John Robinson playing running back. But he didn't have quite the receiving production that Saquon did at Penn state. And when you watched Texas the last couple of years, it didn't feel like Texas was relying on him quite as heavily as it felt like Penn state was relying on Saquon in Saquon's career at Penn state. So just a little bit different. I think Saquon is a a good bit better of a prospect, but I do think Bijan's the best one since there. But you look at the RAS, what was, uh, what was the Ras again for Bijan there, Shane? It was a uh, nine point eight one. Saquon was a nine nine seven, but it's very similar. I mean, six foot two thirty three against six foot two twenty, point uh, four difference in the forty. The splits are eerily similar. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're very similar prospects. My slight, you know, nudge to Saquon would be. I think he was a little bit more explosive, a little bit more reliable, and a little bit more of a, of a producer in the passing game than Bijan was in college. That could change once it gets to the next level. And you could make a pretty strong argument that Bijan might be a better strictly running prospect as a as a running back in terms of just evaluating his carries than maybe even Saquon was.
1: I don't see him as a comparable to Saquon. I see him comparable to maybe like an Edrin James. Uh, if you guys remember that dude.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is if Dave Gettleman were to get a GM job before the draft, he's trading up for Bajon Robinson, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Robinson is our universal number one. Uh, we start to diverge a little bit at number two, uh, at number two dives and I both have Zach Charbonnet. Mark has Jameer Gibbs. Let's start off with Gibbs. Mark. Uh, which by the way, we're just flipped. Mark has Charbonnet third, Dibes and I have Gibbs third. So we're going to talk about these guys in buckets here, uh, but we'll let Mark lead us off on Jameer Gibbs.
2: It's so funny because when me and Dibes were doing draft content last year, I was in love with Zach Charbonnet. I decided to go back to UCLA. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, next year I'll be all in on Chardonnay again. And I am. I, I, I love Charbonnet and I was joking off air that I think I'm going to have Charbonnet the highest on our overall ranks. Like, I don't think you guys are going to have Charbonnet in your top 30, even if you have him higher than me in our running back ranks. So maybe I'm just uh, going crazy for running backs this year. But I love Jameer Gibbs. I've had a tweet that people are clowning me on. Some people are clowning me. Some people are agreeing with me. I think there's a chance that Jameer Gibbs turns into Alvin Kamara and makes it that we look back and say, man, how did Bijan Robinson not turn out to be the best running back in his own class? Because I think that's how dynamic Jameer Gibbs has the potential to be. And there is something to be said for a guy who doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires in Gibbs in terms of his carries. He he was a two-year producer at Georgia Tech, transferred to Alabama, then had his best year jumping competition we talked about this with an o-lineman i can't quite remember which one it was Uh, i think it was osiris torrance actually uh but jameer gibbs went from georgia tech to florida obviously not quite as different from going to ul lafayette to florida from that level of play but the acc and playing at georgia tech a two-win program it's a little bit different when you jump up to go to Alabama and you play in some big games against some big opponents. And Jameer Gibbs had his best year at Alabama: 926 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, 82.6 PFF grade. He did have a higher PFF grade the year before at Georgia Tech. 5'11, 200. I think he he looks all the part of being a potential three-down back to me with his blocking ability, with his receiving ability. It, it's going to come down to you know how good of a receiver is he? Because I think there's a chance he's a special receiver at the running back position. 80 catches on 95 targets for 914 receiving yards over the last two years, and even 23 catches for 28 targets as a freshman for 301 yards. Uh, He's so quick, such elite acceleration and burst. Uh, The word that I saw a lot of scouts use is just sudden. He's incredibly sudden. Everything he does is in such a, a snap motion he is so good in space i don't know how you're supposed to bring this guy down the the clip that i tweeted out against tennessee is the one i keep going back to where he's you know kind of approaching the sideline and he sees that there's a guy kind of meeting where he's going to be at kind of approaching him on the sideline and he just turns his speed up from like an 8 to a 10 it feels like he like pressed the turbo button in the video game like it's it's absolutely insane the acceleration this guy's had some some of the experts were saying he had the best showing in the footwork drills. Um, I, I think if he can put on ten pounds and, and maintain his speed and receiving ability, I, I think he could turn out to be the best running back in this class. And I love Bijan, as you guys just heard. Yeah. So
0: Gibbs is he. Wa- he was five nine, weighed in at one ninety nine at the com- combine. Uh, he ran at four three eight forty, and he has a seven point nine five relative athletic score, which again is lower because he's smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's so explosive. He, he has 25 receptions of over 15 yards in his career. He only has two drops on 103 passes. I mean, he, he's vision, quick feet, cuts on a dime. Like Mark said, great receiver. Uh, the two knocks on him is, I think him his undersizedness, it shows up in short yardage situations. Like the, the reason I have him ranked below Charbonnet is I think that he only fits in scheme for his own running team that's going to throw to their backs a lot. And he just doesn't have that pop when he, when he gets hit, he's just down. Whereas Charbonnet, I think goes through people. And so him being undersized, it shows up. um, And I wonder if he's going to be able to handle being a feature back. I mean, he, he was fine this year, but I wonder about his, he struggles a little in pass protection. I think it's mostly related to his size. And then he had four fumbles on 383 carries at Georgia tech. Although he didn't have any in 2022 at Alabama, so hopefully it's a luck-based thing and the ball security's fine. But I do worry about his size and just uh, only fitting into certain schemes. You're going to have to throw to your running backs a lot uh, if you're going to draft this guy. And Eagles specifically, they don't do it. Jalen Hurts tends to be his own checkdown. So in terms of Eagles-specific things, I do think Gibbs could potentially be a little further down their board than maybe for other teams.
2: Yeah, I don't think he really makes sense for the Eagles with Gainwell. I think that there's probably a little overlap there. So, um, I, and I will just say the Eagles haven't had a, a, receive, a running back with the receiving ability of Gibbs. I'd hope that they'd be able to kind of adjust their scheme to that if they were to, you know, fall in love with him and go in that direction. But I don't think they will, even though I believe Dives mentioned they did meet with him.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Dibes, uh, what do you have for us on Gibbs? What What are your thoughts on him? He's your number three as well.
1: I love Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think when it comes to Jameer Gibbs, it's lightning quick feet and just um, just ridiculously elusive. Um, you you, ta- you touched on his 40-yard uh, dash. Uh, he had the second best 40-yard dash in the running back group behind Devin A. Chain. Uh, lightning quick feet, a lead upside as a receiver, like you guys said. Uh, you look at kind of... Uh, his his um, impact uh, as a receiver, He's, he had 25 receptions of 15 yards or more uh, and 39 forced missed tackles on reception. So if he goes to uh, an NFL franchise that can get the, get him the ball fast, uh, look out. He's got an electric cut with the ball in his hands. Uh, he, he finds open lanes. He has nice jump cuts in the backfield. He can um, hit the Jets, get to the corner, and he can, you know, use his speed and break away from defenders um, if he's given that space. Negative wise, obviously, he's not a big guy. Uh, he struggled a bit in pass protection last year. Uh, that frame is a little bit small, uh, very small for blitz pickup. So he needs to add muscle. Um, I just think Gibbs is a, a really interesting prospect, and uh, that explosiveness will fit any team in the in the offense or any team's offense in the NFL moving forward. Uh, Jameer Gibbs uh i'm not really high for the eagles drafting a first round running back because of what jalen Hurts does and what he means for uh the eagles rushing attack but uh i'm not gonna lie i was drinking the kool-aid a little bit watching him at the combine i was like screw it just draft him because he looked dynamic as hell uh what was that on saturday i think it was
0: yeah All right, well, let's pivot then Dives to your number two and my number two, he's number three for Mark. It's Zach Charbonnet, the running back out of UCLA. Uh, Dives, why don't you lead us off on Charbonnet? All
1: right, so this is one of my guys, Mark, as we like to say. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, uh, I like to call him the anti-Miles Sanders. I have a ton of positives for Zach Charbonnet. Six foot one, 220 pounds, easily checks off a lot of the size boxes as uh, a guy who can move the chains, he had 145 rushing first down, uh, rushing first downs and touchdowns since 2021. That is the best mark of all Power Five schools per PFF. Uh, he's a North to South uh, style of running back, a power rusher who can break tackles, drive piles. He had 26 runs of 15 yards or more in 2022. I-, I think this guy's combination of power and bruising style is just elite. Uh, which really attracts me as an Eagles fan, just dreaming of this guy behind Jalen Hurts, in those RPOs, in those short yardage situations. Uh, he's unlike Jameer Gibbs. He's really solid at picking up blocks. He has a strong lower body that I think will translate well in the NFL. He has excellent ball security. he Just two fumbles over a, a 702 attempts. Uh, add in his ability as a pass catcher, man. He's, he's a reliable safety valve for quarterbacks in the passing game. Only five drops. And 74 catches. So, concern-wise, he's not an elite athlete. Uh, that's there's no doubt about that. He doesn't have elite top-end speed like a Jameer Gibbs. Uh, but I just see this guy as just a no nonsense throwback running back who wastes just little time charging ahead and wearing down defenses. But uh, between the tackles, I, I mark. I've got him as a round one talent. I don't think he's going to be drafted in round one, but for me, he's a round one guy. Yeah, I think uh, he's.
2: Oh my bad. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I think he's safer than Gibbs. The, I, I think that I just have a little bit of a higher ceiling for Gibbs. And by the way, I'm going to have him ranked exactly back-to-back in my overall <laughs> rank. I have the exact same draft grade on them. Um, so I, I weighed this out in my head a bunch on who to rank two and who to rank three. Um, and, and I just came down to Gibbs having a higher ceiling. But Charbonnet, to me, is as sure of a thing as they come. I, I think Charbonnet – is a rock solid prospect. And I'm actually higher on him as a receiver than I think most people are. I I don't think Chip at UCLA used him quite enough in that role. And we were talking about it off air and and whether or not this guy could be an every down back. And I think he could. I I think that he has that potential, that frame, that receiving ability and obviously being a short yardage guy. Um, Shane, do you have his RAS? Did you mention it yet? Yeah,
0: so he had a nine point six eight relative athletic score. And that's off of a four three or 4-5-3-40, So slower forty time, but still at his size and all of his other measurables. He also had a 1.54 10-yard split, which is very, very good. So he's he explodes quick. He just doesn't have the home run speed that a Gibbs or even a Bajan Robinson does. Um I, I think he runs upright and he takes some big hits at times. Now he doles out a lot of big hits as well. Uh, but he doesn't have a lot of elusiveness. He wants to run through you and he's very good at it. a uh, powerful runner. He plays through contact. He keeps his feet moving. He's like your traditional one cut back or he sticks his head, sticks, his foot in the ground and he's upfield. Um, I think he was a good check down target. He's got good hands. I mean, he had 37 receptions this year. He just doesn't run much of a route tree. It's, it's curls, it's swing routes, it's screens. I mean, they don't run a lot of different routes with him, but that's fine. Uh, his 135 yards per game was fourth in the nation this year, and his 7.0 yards per carry was tenth. And then my favorite is he broke 43 tackles on 232 touches, and he only fumbled one time. So he's ball security, he's power, he's north-south between the tackles. Uh, he is scheme diverse, like he's a good enough one cut runner to run in his own scheme, but you could run him in a power and a gap scheme. And ultimately I've got him and Gibbs really close, but what put him above Gibbs for me is his versatility. He has versatility that I don't think Gibbs has. And so uh, like Mark said, I don't know that they will be back to back for me, but they're going to be very close, Uh, but that's why they stacked up the way they did for me.
2: Yeah, I, there was a play that I tweeted out th- from him against Stanford in, in the receiving game that has kind of made me bullish on his receiving ability. And, uh, yeah, I, I've got these guys as a first-round great. I, I think Charbonnet is a great, great potential Eagles target, too, if they would go there in the second round, maybe move up in the second round. It's funny that Chip Kelly kind of runs a, not a similar offense, but in terms of what he has to do at UCLA, I think he'd be able to adjust pretty well to what he'd have to do here with Jalen in the, in the read option. I I think that there's a, a lot of connections to be made with, with Charbonnet to the Eagles.
1: This is one of those prospects where we'll be doing the live draft watch party and Mark will like say dives, just walk away. (laughs) because that means another team drafted Zach Charbonnet before the Eagles and I'd be devastated
0: (laughs) all right well that's our top three it starts to get interesting here at number four there's a pretty clear number one there's a pretty clear two and three and then we're all over the place the rest of the way so (laughs) we'll throw to our number fours here at number four I have Tank Bigsby who is marks number seven and is not on dives big board. So let's talk about Bigsby first. Um, he's from Auburn, I'll lead the way on him. He's a four-star recruit with a track background. He was a long jumper and a sprinter in high school. Uh, he was the SEC freshman of the year in 2022. He's 5'11", 210 pounds, 21 and a half years old. Uh, he ran a four, five, eight, 40 with a 1.54 10 yard splits. So the 10 yard splits pretty good. The 40 is a little slow. Uh, But it all coalesced into a 7.49 relative athletic score. So he's still up there in terms of athleticism. In 2022, he rushed for 970 yards on 5.4 yards per carry with 10 touchdowns, had 30 receptions for 180 yards. And he also had the seventh most rushing yards after contact per attempt at 4.2. So average 5.4 yards per carry. 4.2 4.2 of those were after contact on average. Uh, I mean, as you would expect, isn't this just a great name tank for a running back? Like it's a perfect running back name and it's his style, right? He's a North South runner. He runs hard. He almost always falls forward and I mean, he's just powerful and, but he can cut well. He makes defenders miss. He's got some agility there. Uh, and, you know, I had this written down before the combine that he's got average speed, but he hits his top speed fast. That's exactly what his 40 and his 10-yard splits tell me, uh, backs up what I was seeing there. Uh, as far as weaknesses go for him, he wasn't given opportunities in the passing game. So a lot of times we s- put on a prospect that they just can't do it. And I don't know if that's true. I know he wasn't asked to do it. So it's unclear if he would have the ability to be a three-down bag. Uh, he runs too upright at times and he's susceptible to guys cutting his legs out. If you want to hit him in the chest, he's going to run you over, but his legs are susceptible to being cut down. And then he's, he's a little inconsistent game to game. Like he'll play lights out one week and then the next week he'll have a bad game. And you need that consistency from a workhorse back. So I think he is a diverse scheme fit guy. I think you could put him in his own scheme. I think you could put him in a power scheme. Uh, I think either of those would work. Uh, he is my number four. Mark, you have got him at number seven. Uh, why don't you talk to me about about Tank?
2: Yeah, no, I, I like Tank Bigsby. He's got a lot of tread on the tires, three-year producer on um, the last three years, obviously. Um, funny little tidbit that will always kind of, anytime college football fans think of Tank Bigsby and anytime I think of Tank Bigsby, they, they will remember that he cost Auburn, you know, the biggest game of his life against Alabama in the Iron Bowl by running out of bounds very stupidly. Um, against Alabama, which eventually let Alabama get into the college football playoff, let them get into the national championship. Um, so I'm sure, you know, Auburn fans will hate to hear that brought up, but Tank Bigsby, uh, almost an infamous player in, in col- college football circles, or at least in SEC circles there. Um, but the reason that I have him on the list, because there was a scenario where I wasn't going to have him on the list, is he – is a little bit better in receipt in the passing game than you'd think he would be. Um, when you watch him on tape and you look at him, you look at his kind of frame, you would expect him to be that short yardage guy. You'd expect him to be a guy that wouldn't be able to, to flash his hands that way. I was pretty impressed by what he was able to do in that regard. And with his frame, with obviously what he can do and what he showed he could do over the last three years, um, especially with getting yards after contact with such a bad offensive line. Um, that receiving ability alone propped him up to, to make my list. Um, there's just, there's not a lot of wow. When watching tank Bigsby, there's not a lot of, not, not, not a lot of tape. That's going to blow your socks off. Um, you, you know, not an insane athlete as you laid out seven point, w- whatever it was there on the RAS. I know that's actually pretty, it's actually a little higher than I would have guessed. It would have been, but um, he, he just doesn't blow you away. But I think he's probably a pretty solid prospect. I think he's going to be probably a pretty solid pro. I'm not sure what the what the ceiling is, and not sure if uh, not sure if he's ever going to be a, a huge difference maker. Uh, which I think you have to be almost elite at the running back position to be a huge difference maker. So um, that's why he's at number seven instead of uh, higher on my list. All right,
0: dives. Did you have anything you want to say about Bigsby? He wasn't in your top eight. And I know you watched him. Did you have any thoughts on him?
1: I weirdly watched a ton of Auburn games last year. I don't know why. They just always seem to be on TV. Uh, I do think he he is pretty explosive. Uh, I do think he has uh, some really intriguing uh, upside. Uh, He does have that kind of like plant his foot, change directions, hit upfield kind of ability that I think will translate really well. Uh, He didn't make my top eight. And let me just say – I did that for a reason because I think everybody else in, on this list kind of just plateau into that same tier. And I'm, I wanted to kind of emphasize on guys I like more so for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he, but I actually have him ranked above some of these guys that we'll be talking about. Uh, so I just want to make that clear. I do think he's probably going to be like a round three, round four kind of prospect. Um, but uh, Tank Bisbee's nice. Uh, he's got his, some intriguing upside. Um Thank you. Thank you. I watched a ton of tank Bigsby, and that's, that's pretty much all.
0: <laughs> all right. So Dives, let's throw it to your number four here. That is Taj Spears. Uh, I have him at five. Mark has him at five. Uh, so we're all pretty close on him, but you got him a little higher at number four. So tell us what you like about him.
1: Taj J Spears. All right. So this is a guy who has dominated the draft process uh, these last couple of months. Like, Whether it was running the ball, catching the ball. I mean, this was uh, my winner of the Senior Bowl. He looked dynamic uh, against defenders uh, in 1v1s. Uh, There are times during the Senior Bowl where you're watching it, and like this guy was clearly the fastest guy on the football field. Uh, And he stood out in pass protection drills. That's really important. You know, that bodes well for a guy to get immediate time, playing time as a rookie at the next level. Then you get to the combine. He had, Uh, the second best vertical leap uh, right after Chase Brown. Uh, His ability, his lateral agility and movement skills are second to none, man Uh, He's had some injury issues uh, early on in his career, but he came back in a big way in 2022. Uh, He had over 1,500 yards, 19 touchdowns. He has a nose for the end zone. Uh, He's reached Pater 34 times in his college career. He didn't run the 40-yard dash at the Combine, uh, but I, it would be I if you just watch the tape man the the guy is just electric and I think that paired with his like ridiculous upside with his route running and hands um, he's just got a, t- a ton of upside that you have to love uh, I, I think he needs to gain a little muscle at the next level but once he does watch out because I think Ty J Spears uh, is just electric with the football man I'd love this guy now I would like The value you could get for a Tajay Spears on like a late day two, day three uh, area is immensely valuable uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. This guy is another one of my guys in this draft. All
0: right. Mark, you have Spears at number five. Why don't you talk about him and then I'll finish it off.
2: Yeah, Dibes touched on pretty much all of it. Um, I I think he's going to be a really good gadget player at the next level. And when I say that, I don't even mean that. You know, in a negative term, I think he's guaranteed a role right away if you draft him in terms of using him as a change of pace guy. And, you know, his yards per carry have been pretty insane. He actually got a 90.2 PFF grade in 2022. Um, He really excelled in the receiving portion of the combine. I thought like I think Dibes touched on that there. Um, I think that he's a guy who I have questions about if he's ever going to be a 15 to 20 carries a game guy but I think he could definitely be a 15 touches a game guy if you get him involved with seven or eight carries and seven or eight catches. Um, I, I think that that's definitely something that could be you, you know in his range of outcomes. So uh, I, I like Spears. I think he's a pretty safe player to come in and contribute right away.
0: Yeah, so he was a three-star recruit who had a limited role at Tulane in 2019, and then he tore his ACL early in 2020. And then he really burst onto the scene last year in 2021. Uh, Dives mentioned his explosiveness. He had a 39-inch vertical at the combine. He did not run, so I don't have a relative athletic score or combine or, or 40 times, but I'm sure he'll do that at his pro day. Um, he, but he has tons of speed and quickness and agility. He's he's a jitterbug type player, and uh, similar like I talked about with Gibbs, he makes it difficult for defenders to square him up with the way he plays, but dissimilar to Gibbs he then plays through contact really well once they do square him up that's one of the things I liked most about him for a guy his size he's not afraid to pop him uh, pop a defender when they square him up and I thought he had really good vision he's good at finding holes he's good at hitting his cutback lanes and things like that Um, his size you know five nine um, he's likely just a committee back I don't think he's ever going to be a bell cow guy like we talked about um he didn't have a ton of production as a receiver but I thought he caught the ball well and he just wasn't given a lot of reps there and he looked good at the combine so I think he would be fine as a receiver I think he would excel as a receiving back um and then like Dibes said I thought this season he wasn't very good in pass protection but at the senior bowl it looked like he had improved in that aspect a lot which is huge uh for a guy a smaller guy to be able to refine that technique that's big Uh, and then the other thing is he doesn't he wasn't ever used on special teams, which is sad because for a guy with his explosiveness, that's a way for you to add value to an NFL team and get drafted a little higher and stick on rosters. And not that I think he's going to have a hard time sticking on a roster, but it would be nice if we had seen it. But you hope he could have some special teams ability as well. But you know, I think he's, he's pretty diverse in the schemes that he would fit. I really like Tajay Spears. I think he's a really good player. Okay, and then let's flip it over to Mark's number four, which is Devon, A Shane, Dives has him at five. I've got him at six. So we've all got him
2: ranked here. Uh Mark, tell us what you like about him. We all mentioned that there's a clear top three. I personally think there's a very clear top four. Uh, I think A chain is is uh pretty far removed from the rest of the players on my on my list. Uh he'll be a day three pro- or day two prospect for me. I, I don't know if five through eight will make my top 101 uh to to be a a day two guy for me um but a chain i think a lot of the reason that i'm high on a chain comes from watching the dreck that jimbo fisher trotted out at quarterback over the last two years for texas a&m and watching jimbo fisher try to run a 1995 offense in 2022 and 2021 when you have an electric factory in your backfield in Devon A-Chain. And it truly felt like the only way that Texas A&M was ever able to make anything happen whatsoever over the last two years was when Devon A-Chain would make something happen for himself. And you go back all the way to 2020, all the way to a time that he had a competent quarterback, all the way to a time where Texas A&M had a competent offense, and he had very limited carries but he, had eight, he was 8.5 yards per carry with four touchdowns, 364 yards. He had a 92 PFF grade that year. He, his PFF grade descended each year to 90.3 in 2021 and 82.4 in 2022. But 5.6 yards per carry and, six, and 6.8 yards per carry over the last two years, when the defense knows your offense has nothing else to be concerned about at all I think that really colors how you have to watch the Devon A-Chain tape. Um, I I know that the size is concerning on if you can ever make him a full-time part of your offense and if he's going to be a gadget guy. But I think with his speed, I think you'd be foolish to not want to get him on the field as much as possible if you draft him. Uh, 60 catches on 73 targets in the last two years. I think there's a lot of ways to use him in the receiving game. Deadly in a wheel route. Uh, I think he's a great back to use when you spread it out, probably needs to put on a little bit of weight. Um, But I think Devon A-Chain is going to be a a really, really good player at the next level. And he's going to play on teams that have far more offensive talent than he's played on the last two years. And, you know, maybe 2020 was just a taste at what an elite prospect could have been if he would have been in a better system over the last two years.
0: Yeah. I mean, 64% of his yards were after contact in yeah. 2022. It's just crazy for a guy that small. Which yards after contact doesn't just mean running guys over, it means making a miss and they just get a hand on you too. But uh he he was elite in that regard as well. Dives, you've got him number 5. I'll let you talk about him before I before I do since he's number 6 for me. Uh what do you like about A-Chain? Uh I mean obviously the athleticism, but talk to me about what you see on the tape from him.
1: Yeah, it's speed, man. It's all about speed. Like there are fast people and then there's Devin a Chain. Uh, like this is a guy who ran the same 100 meter time as Jamaica's Johan Blake, uh, who was a two-time Olympic champion and two-time world champion. He ran the fourth fastest 40 yard dash by a running back in history. Uh, his 4.32 seconds trails uh, trailed only Chris Johnson, like Keith uh, Marshall. Just uh, he's he's incredibly fast. He's never going to be a power back, but this is arguably the biggest home run hitter uh, at the position his ability to flip the field on any given play, that's what A-Chain is all about. And he's really, really good, as you guys mentioned, at making defenders miss. So, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of what he is, is he's, uh, you know, get the ball get the ball to Devin A-Chain in space and just watch out.
0: Yeah, I- He's uh 5'8, 188 pounds. So he's very small for a running back. He had a 6.84 relative athletic score, mostly due to his size, but he ran the 4'3240. I was disappointed. I really thought he had a shot to break the combine record on the 40, but uh like you guys talked about, elite athleticism. He ran track for AM, ran a 400 meter dash, which is the 10th fastest in AM track history. So he just got elite speed, elite quickness, and I think he pairs it with vision and patience. Like, I think he does a good job of finding So he doesn't just try to sprint to the boundary on every play, like uh, some of these guys tend to do when they just know they're faster than everyone. And he doesn't get too cute when he needs to get to the sticks. Like he's not a power back. He's only 188 pounds, but he will lower his pads and try to get a first down. Uh, he's a good receiver. They even put him out in the slot sometimes. So he's got a little bit of a route tree and he is a dangerous kick returner. Uh, 30.7 yards per kick return. He had two touchdowns this year uh, on kick return. So you can use him there. You can use him in the slot. You can use him out of the backfield. Now, he is awful in pass protection. And so that's a knock for a guy. And a lot of it comes to his size. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to chip some of these guys when you're so small. I say, is he's got 28 pounds and two inches on me. But We're talking about draft prospects. I would have a relative athletic score of like a 0.1. So, uh, and then also his his lack of size and power, it limits his goal line and short yardage ability. And I think it also, it's fair to say that would cause some concerns long-term about his durability, but he's an explosive player. Uh, He's a threat to pop off for a touchdown every time he touches the ball. So uh, he is very exciting player to watch. And if used right, I think he could be a really good weapon for a team.
2: You mentioned the combine there with being disappointed that he ran a four three two. There's a couple of those. Like even though a couple of guys that ran really, really fast, it's like I thought he would run even faster. I thought Keely Ringo would run even faster. What well, I think it was four three five, something in that in that range for Ringo. What was Jalen Hyatt? Like Jalen Hyatt, I thought would be way faster
1: than yeah, he was in the four fours. I thought he was actually trying to get in the four twos. That's how fast he is.
2: Yeah, well people were saying Ringo ran like a 421 in like in like some workout which I always roll my eyes at. I mean, Shane knows how I feel about pro days, which we'll get to over the next
0: like, <laughs> months, which are My favorite thing is fun. how everyone knows that the Penn State 40-yard track is 38 <laughs> yards long and they just <laughs> like, it's like the most well-known fact that's out there around the pro day circuit but uh, is Clemson.
2: Yeah. There's, there's always rumors about Clemson too. Clemson pumps their, pumps their numbers up and Clemson uh, might have a fast timer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that takes care of our number fours. It actually takes care of our number fives as well. So I've already talked about my six. So uh, we will throw it here uh, to Mark to talk about his number six guy, uh, Kendra Miller, who is not on minor dives board. So Mark, the floor is all yours on this one.
2: I think a lot of people watched TCU all year and, and walked away being like, oh, Max Duggan, tough kid, and he ended up getting whatever, Davey O'Brien trophy, and he was embarrassingly bad at the combine, um, even though I mentioned it was a day three. I want that stricken from the record from our quarterback podcast that I mentioned it was a day three. <laughs> he did run like a four-five, 4.5, so but the, the idea was there. Um, and obviously a lot of people wanted to talk about Quentin Johnston um, and, and Steve Avila is even like a, an O-line prospect there from TCU but the guy who always jumped out when I was watching TCU all year long was Kendry Miller, Uh, 1,399 yards, 6.2 yards per carry, 17 rushing touchdowns, 85.3 PFF grade in 2022. Um, And then he was even better in 2021, seven and a half yards per carry, 623 yards, seven rushing touchdowns, even in 2020, 7.3 yards per carry on limited attempts. Um, He spent his first two seasons as a complimentary back, uh, before becoming a starter this year when Zach Evans transferred to Ole Miss. No one, none of us ranked Zach Evans in our top eight. Um, he'd probably be in the honorable mention category for me and I'm maybe for both of you guys as well. Um, he's probably right around there, and I think Kendry Miller is the better prospect personally, and Kendry Miller has better size than, than Evans has. Three-year contributor, and he still won't turn 21 until training camp. Um, So you're, you're definitely getting a young guy, but you're getting a young guy who's been used a lot and played in some big games this year. Not a huge receiving threat, but not allergic to it. 28 catches on 34 targets. If he can expand on that, he's got the size and the running and the pass protection ability. I think to, to potentially be a guy who can play a lot for you. And and, you know, if maybe someone gets hurt, he can be a full-time back for you. Like I, I am, Kind of bullish on Kendry Miller, 816 yards after contact, which was top five in the power five, 70 missed tackles, seven, which was seventh in the power five. He had 21 carries of 15 plus yards. He's a deceivingly physical runner, uh, not a great short yardage back for his size. He'd expect him to be a little better there, but he's not great there. Um, PFF actually comped him to Miles Sanders, and I think there is a lot of truth in that. He's a little bit more of a physical runner than Miles is. Um, but there is uh there's definitely some some similarity in his cuts uh to what Miles can bring. So maybe if uh, you know, what's the what's the meme? It's like uh we have blank at home. It's like, why would we pay for Miles Sanders when we could have Kendry Miller at home in the fourth round? Maybe that's true. Maybe maybe you bring him in and he fits right in where Miles fit in. But Um, I'm pretty high on Kendry Miller as a potential. I I don't think he's going to go in the top 101 picks, so I think he could be a potential day three steal for somebody. I hope he lands somewhere that needs him. All right, so that's Kendry
0: Miller. Dives, your number six is Chase Brown out of Illinois. He's number eight on my list. Uh, Why don't you take the floor for him?
1: Yeah, Chase Brown out of Illinois, uh, arguably the biggest winner Uh, At the combine this year from the running back group, he had a a 40 yard dash of four, four, three. That was fifth best, Uh, a vertical jump of 40 inches. The best mark in the class Uh, He's a thick runner at five foot nine, 215 pounds built like a Mack truck. Uh, Definitely has the upside of maybe uh, handling a load in the NFL being an RB one. You look at this guy, he racked up 734 touches on offense during his career uh, at Western Michigan with the Illini. Uh, so he does have a lot of tread on his tires. Uh, he's a very good athlete. Uh, number 33 on number 33 freak on the Feldman's list last summer. Uh, just shined in Indianapolis. I think he's a smooth runner. I think he's excellent at changing speeds. Uh, uh, he runs with a lot of patience and vision. Um, negative wise, ball security is a major, major issue when it comes to uh, Chase Brown. Uh, He put the ball on the ground five times last year. Um, But I like this guy. I think he's well-rounded. I think he's solid in pass protection. Um, I've got a day three grade on Chase Brown. Uh, I don't think he sneaks up into day two, despite his performance at the combine, but I like him a lot, uh, especially for the Eagles.
0: See, I actually had him down as a poor pass protector. I thought he kind of struggled in pass protection. Um, But again, a lot of it is related to size and, I don't – you would rather it be related to technique
2: because you can coach that, but I don't know. To, to I be fair, was, he wasn't, he wasn't asked to do a lot of it because Illinois is running a 1940s offense under Brett Bielma. <laughs> so it is limited uh, sample size. He was actually – I just want to chime in. He was actually like if I had a number nine guy, it would be Chase Brown.
1: So I do want to add – my, my notes says he's willing – a willing pass protector, <laughs> not a great pass protector because of the size and – yeah. Uh, yeah so it,
0: also his brother Sidney is a safety at Illinois that we might get to in a later podcast his dad played three so seasons good. in the CFL uh, so there's pedigree there he he ran track in high school uh, he also had a 10-7 broad jump which was first among running backs this year so uh, 9.62 relative athletic score he's an explosive athlete with track speed he had 23 runs of 15 plus yards this year he, He handled a full workload this season for the first time and showed he could be more than just a rotational back. He led power five backs and carries at 329 and he was second in forced missed tackles at 83. And I think he's effective as a check down and in the screen game, but he doesn't play through contact well, uh, particularly between the tackles. He doesn't really like to run between the tackles. Uh, so I think he needs to go to someone that's going to run a wide zone score to, sort of scheme. He wants to get to the edge. He doesn't want to run through the trash in the middle of the field. Uh, and then the ball security dives mentioned eight fumbles on 675 career carries, including five this year. And you, you won't be on an NFL field if you're fumbling five times in a season as a rookie. I mean, we saw uh, we saw. What's the what, who was the running back that the Bills draft? James Cook, I could, James Cook. We saw him fumble on his first career carry of the season and then they like benched him for three weeks and there's just no tolerance for that uh, from rookies and so he can't be fumbling but uh, he is an exciting player and definitely one of the bigger winners at the combine. So let's go on to our number sevens Uh, mark seven was tank Bigsby we already talked about that Uh, dives your number seven is Kenny McIntosh who is unranked for mark and I Uh, talk to me about McIntosh.
1: Oh, man, Uh, he's dropping like a rock. This guy was actually my number four. Uh, I thought he was underrated prior to the combine. He did not test well. Uh, You kind of – let's start with the good news. You look at kind of the departure of Zamir White. You talk about James Cook going to the NFL. Kenny McIntosh took over a bigger role for the Bulldogs last year and did not disappoint. He excelled as a receiver in 2022. Who was third on Georgia with 42 receptions, had two touchdowns as a receiver, over 1,200 yards from scrimmage, most on jo- the Georgia Bulldogs, fifth in the uh, SEC. He had zero drops in college. Um, then you get to the bad news. Uh, that explosiveness that I saw at Georgia, like a Zamir Zermi- White, like a James Cook, did not translate for Kenny McIntosh at the combine. I was expecting McIntosh to run in that 4-4 range, but he clocked in at a 4-6-2 on his first run. Um, yeah, Kenny McIntosh, uh, his stock is definitely falling a little bit. His ball security is just adequate. Uh, he has four career fumbles. Uh, didn't pass protect too often uh, at Georgia, but based on you know a small sample size, uh, is, is probably a good bet. It's going to take him a while to put it together uh, at the NFL level. Um, I'm keeping Kenny McIntosh on my top eight uh, just because I'm a big fan, especially with his upside as a receiver uh but there it is all right
2: he's he's the kyron williams of this year where the combine just ruined him i i would have had him in my top five um i probably would have had him fifth um until the combine performance and he dropped off my list it was it was pretty rough performance
0: yeah all right uh my number seven is sean tucker out of syracuse a three-star recruit with a track background he also ran track at syracuse Uh, He had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons in 2021 and 2022, Uh, and in fact, in 2021, he set the single-season school record with 1,496 rushing yards. Uh, He's 5'9", 207 pounds, he's about 21 and a half years old. This season, he rushed for 1,060 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, and 11 touchdowns. He also had 36 receptions for 254 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He's another track guy. I mean, he hits his top speed fast he possesses breakaway speed and he didn't run at the combine so we don't have those numbers but. Uh, he's explosive and he's light on his feet he, he's hard to square up for defenders and he's got great ball security He almost never puts the ball on the turf. And then, he, like, uh, unlike a lot of the you know elusive guys he does a really good job driving his feet through contact and so. Uh, He can he can run through you a little bit. He's not a power runner by any stretch of the imagination, but but he's not just going to get knocked backwards, Uh, but he's a bad pass blocker, very bad pass blocker. He's inconsistent as a receiver, especially just with catching. He had 10 of, or excuse me, uh, of 73 passes thrown to him in his career. He dropped 10 of them. So that's not ideal. He's not a guy that you're going to trust his hands. And he can be indecisive at the line of scrimmage at times. That I wouldn't say he's got great vision. He, he Sometimes he struggles to see where the hole is and to decide where to go. And uh, So, I mean, I think he could fit in any scheme. You're not going to want to throw him the ball a lot. Uh, but there's some concerns. There's some red flags there, especially in terms of his hands and just his indecisiveness behind the line.
2: Shane, are you aware of Sean Tucker's Twitter account? No, I'm not. He's one of the best Twitter followers of all time. Um, okay. At Sean Tucker 2020, uh, when he was playing college this year, he'd have the same tweet after every game. It would just be a recap of the game. Saturday we lost. Syracuse 35, Wake Forest 45. I am not pleased with the outcome of the game. Competitive <laughs> game but still fighting for seventh win. I am pleased with my performance. I rushed for 16 carries, 106 yards and two touchdowns. I'm back in the grind trying to finish strong. Hashtag mm-hmm. pleased, but the E and the A is 34 for his number. That's his hashtag. There are games where he's, you know, Saturday we lost Syracuse 3, FSU 38. That's a blowout loss. Big thanks to the fans for support. I am not pleased with my performance or the outcome of the game. Offense struggled again, 14 carries for 52 yards. Too many good runs called back for penalties. I'm back in the grind. Hashtag please. Some of the best Twitter followers of all time. He's been doing this for like three years now. Nice. I'm gonna to have to go throw him a follow now. I want. Well, I can't. You know. I can't wait until he's doing it in the NFL, where he's like, uh, "We the we lost 38 to 35. I did not get any carries. <laughs> I am the <laughs> third running back. I I am not pleased with my performance.
0: <laughs> I I really should have been quicker to get the water bottle for Saquon. When he really not pleased with my performance. That's hilarious. <laughs>
2: He's a great, it's everyone everyone, go check it out. It's pretty funny. Uh, the one podcast I listened to talked, the one college football podcast I listened to talked about it all year, last year. So I knew to look for it this year. So it, was, it was something I've been following for two years now. It reminds me,
0: it, it, that makes me think of like the Andrew Andrew Luck as a Civil War colonel. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you ever followed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was hilarious. But Okay, uh, anyway, let's roll on to the number eights here. Uh I've already done my eight. It was Chase Brown. Mark and Dibes, you have the same guy at number eight, Roshan Johnson. Uh, Mark, why don't you lead us off on Johnson?
2: Uh, Roshan Johnson probably would have been a bell cow almost any other school in the country, but he happened to play at Texas, which our universal number one, John Robinson also played at. Um, he had only 80, 94, and 94, 95 attempts over the last, each of the last three years. Uh, so such a limited sample size, but... You don't have to be worried about any tread on the tires. I mean, this guy is, this guy's legs are as fresh as they come when, you turn, when you're talking about running backs that you can draft. Um, 5.6 yards per carry over three years, averaged out an 82 PFF grade, really limited reps as a receiver, but was pretty good when asked, looked really good in the receiving drill at the combine. Re- like maybe the best of the day in the receiving drill at the combine. He was really, really impressive. Um, if he's as good of a receiver as he appeared at the combine, I have him too low. Here at number eight, to to be quite honest, Um, there's a clip against Oklahoma State where he shuts down their best pass rusher, uh, who I guess had like 11 and a half sacks. Um, I've seen a lot of clips that display his excellent ability to pass protect. Um, It seems like he actually might be a better pass protector than Bijan was. It seems like they opted to bring him in in certain situations um, so he could pass protect. Uh, Jacob Sanderson on Twitter had a really good comp based on RAS and based on size and traits Um, and appears to be a literal like carbon copy of Chris Carson uh, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks like all of the metrics all of the stuff is I think they're the exact same height and weight Um, I think they were both college backups who didn't really get a full chance and then you know, I probably you'd assume would be similar in the NFL. I've seen a lot of Jamal Williams comps. I've seen some say he's this year's version of Damian Pierce in terms of having the limited, you know, the limited sample size. But what you see is pretty impressive, and you want to see more of it, and maybe you will at the next level. Um, I think this is a guy we've been talking about. This guy makes sense for the Eagles, this guy doesn't make sense for the Eagles. This guy is a day three target. makes a lot of sense as a Kenny Gainwell counterpart for short yardage and pass protection. I think he's you know a perfect draft option for the Eagles if you're not looking to invest one of your first you know three picks. All right, Dibes,
0: what did you miss? What, what, are you, what do you like about Roshon Johnson?
1: I agree. I think I, he's one of my favorite guy, favorite day three prospects. He was a former quarterback uh, coming out of high school. Um, in short yardage situations as a receiver, there's a lot to like, you know, if you want, there's a lot of bang for your buck, especially coming out of a day three selection, uh, doing a lot of the same things you would want out of a, like a B. John Robinson, uh, for this Eagles offense. Uh, the Eagles did meet with Rashawn Johnson at the combine. So there's definitely mutual interest when Rashawn Johnson was interviewing at the combine, he listed the Eagles as his main target. Uh, that the team he would like to play behind, uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, just he, there's not not a lot you don't like about Rashawn Johnson. 458, 40 yard dash at the comment was really good given his uh plus size. Um, he's obviously not you know a, a burner by any means, but big shoulders, really good core power, long arms. He has the, he has the uh, the size that he can drop his pads and just pump through. Uh, you know, defenders and move piles. Um, and he's a reliable screen target and a really good blocker, like like Mark said. So uh, Roshan Johnson, uh, like Mark also said, probably is a little too low on this list. And he probably, probably could leave Kenny McIntosh for sure on my top eight.
0: All right. So there you have it. Uh, our top eight running backs, I'll recap it here for you. I went uh, one to eight, Bajan Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, Devon A. Chain, Sean Tucker, and Chase Brown. Uh, Mark from one to eight went Bajan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Devon A. Chain, Tajay Spears, Kendry Miller, Tank Bigsby, and Roshan Johnson. And Dives went Bijan Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs, Tajay Spears, Devon A. Chain, Chase Brown, Kenny McIntosh, and Roshan Johnson. So there it is, our top eight running back rankings. Uh, I've got one guy I want to shout out in an honorable mention. I don't know if you guys do as well, but Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Uh, he was a five star guy who started his career at TCU. He transferred to Ole Miss prior to this season. And he was the starter, but he was kind of used in a running back by committee approach. He averaged 6.5 yards per carry and had nine touchdowns. He also had 12 receptions for 119 yards and a touchdown this year. Uh, I think he's got good patience and vision sort of behind the line of scrimmage, good speed and acceleration, and, and he runs with physicality, uh, but he just doesn't have the production as a receiver or as a pass blocker. And so he's kind of a two down back who I think really only fits a zone running team. So he's somebody that you could watch out for on day three, a name that might be familiar to you when it gets called. But uh, overall, I ended up, I I had it all all open as I had him at number eight before Chase Brown's combine performance, and then I flipped them. So uh, he would have been in my top eight if we were doing the show a week ago. So do either of you have anybody that just missed the cut for you that you didn't get to talk about that you want to throw out there?
2: I'll cede my time to dives because we talked about Zach Evans. I you, you just talked about him there. I mentioned him in my Kendry Miller breakdown. Um, we touched on Chase Brown, and we also touched on Kenny McIntosh. Those would be my 9, 10, and 11 guys. Uh, so we touched on all three of those. So, dives, you're the king of uh, day three. So <laughs> uh, I'll turn it over to you.
1: Just a quick note on um, Zach Evans, who I like a lot. Uh, you know, he kind of played second fiddle. Uh, to Jackson, or what was his name? Um, Quinn Sean J- Judkins. Is that how it yeah. is, Mark? Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about that guy for a long time because I, I believe he was a freshman and mm-hmm. just breaking a ton of records. You talk about uh, you go back to our rankings there with Rashawn, like he was kind of like the Darnell Washington of the tight end position, playing behind Brock Bowers. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm going to want to talk about quickly uh, Dwayne McBride out of UAB, just a super elusive running back a run let me emphasize running back because he g- gives you absolutely nothing when it comes to being a receiver um finished his career at uab with a 36 percent force miss tackle rate uh that was only worse than Bijan robinson and javante williams among fbs running backs uh since pff began charting football in 2014 uh he has a really strong lower body uh, he has he's a he's a big time home run hit home run hitter big time playmaker uh led the fbs with 17 runs of 20 or more yards uh, ridiculous production uh, since his true freshman season including an absurd 7.2 yards per carry for his career uh he's only 21 years old uh so that is really great uh but like i said he does not give you anything as a receiver only 10 targets. Uh, on 321 career pass snaps. Um, And then you have to obviously talk about uh, the competition or lack thereof uh, that he went up against UAB. He only uh, faced two Power 5 defenses in his entire college career. Uh, But Dwayne McBride is uh, an interesting name. Uh, Day three guy to watch out for.
0: All right, there you have it. That is our top eight running backs, some honorable mentions, everything you could possibly need to know about the running backs in this draft class. And we sort of expect the Eagles to make a play for a running back, uh, assuming Miles Sanders walks in free agency uh, next month. So that's going to wrap it up for this show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back next week to break down yet another position group for you guys, uh, bring you a ton of draft content. Uh, so you can be the smartest guy in the room at your draft party or whatever, wherever you watch the draft. Uh, so uh, that's going to about do it for us. Uh, from me, from Dives, from Mark, from BGN Radio, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. Uh, drop us a like on YouTube or a comment uh, on your podcasting apps. We really appreciate all of the ratings and reviews that help us get that show out there to more people. So until next time, Go Birds!